You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. It's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. That is the title of one of my favourite books by British advertising legend Paul Arden. This tiny little book is full of amazing quotes and inspiration for creative people. And today I'm taking nine of the quotes and applying them to photography. Hopefully you will find them inspiring and hopefully they'll make you a better photographer. Also keep listening for details on these sproctastic and fantastic zines and some details of an online exhibition that I was featured in. I'm Matt Murray and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analog photography related. friends how are you i hope you are well wherever you are all around the world welcome to another episode of matt loves cameras episode 40 of matt loves cameras the episodes are slowly catching up with my age uh, maybe i'll actually tell you when we've caught up and not yet sadly not yet uh, but today is a beautiful beautiful day here in brisbane it's uh, lovely and sunny we've had the air conditioning going all day the last week or so has been very warm uh, had a lot of sun like heat haze uh, so yeah summer is definitely here almost uh, even though it's technically spring uh, it's pretty of a short show today, uh, mainly because the last week or so I've been Mr. Taxi Man. I've been uh, ferrying my daughter back and forth uh, to her theatre rehearsal. She's actually in a theatre show tonight. So I'm uh, really looking forward to going along to that tonight and seeing her in action. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to get on with the show here. A few years ago on holidays, I read a little gem of a book by advertising legend Paul Arden. It's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. Adam was a creative director at London advertising agency Saatchi and & Saatchi and was responsible for some of the most famous British advertising campaigns of all time. To quote his obituary published in The Independent, Adam was the ringmaster behind the whole creative circus that saw British Airways become the world's favourite airline, The Independent become the intelligentsia's favourite newspaper, Margaret Thatcher the nation's favourite leader, and Silk Cut their favourite cigarette. In the case of British Airways, it's said that Arden's ads changed the fortunes of the airline. He was also in charge of the Fujifilm account during this time, though in his obituary there is no mention of that becoming Britain's favourite film. I read this little book about once a year. It's funny, insightful and full of snippets of advice and inspiration for creative people. Even the cover has a clever little play of words under the title. It reads, The World's Best Selling Book by Paul Arden. I was most impressed when I first saw this. Was this really the world's best-selling book? Then it dawned on me. It's the world's best-selling book written by Paul Harden. <laughs> Much of the advice in the book is aimed at copywriters and people working in ad agencies. But the book also contains many pearls of wisdom for all creatives from different walks of life. Today, I'll be taking nine quotes from the book and interpreting them in a way that you can apply to your photography. Quote number one, your vision of where or who you want to be is the greatest asset you have. I love this quote from Paul Arden so much. He follows it up on the same page by saying, without having a goal, it's difficult to score. 
words to live by. So what is your vision of where or who you want to be? What is your ultimate photographic aim? Is it to sell prints, to open a gallery, to create zines, to start a blog or podcast, to become a magnum photographer? Whatever it is, start taking steps towards that goal today. If your goal is to become a portrait photographer, start looking today what skills, equipment and training you'll need to succeed in that objective. It could be said that everything else you do is a distraction. If you've always wanted to put your prints in an art show or to create a zine or start a blog or a podcast, map out a plan over the next 6 or 12 months on how you can get there. Quote number 2. To be original, seek inspiration from unexpected sources. What can photography from different genres teach us? Quite a lot actually. Study another type of photography that you usually wouldn't be interested in. If you're a street photographer, look at fashion. If you primarily shoot black and white, look at some colour travel photography. Pick up newspapers or magazines in your local library or go exploring on social media. What can you learn from trendy wellness magazines, from Instagrammers? What do they do well in terms of how they present their photography and the lighting and the composition? What can you learn from them? Probably quite a lot. Take a look at different sources of inspiration, whether it be newspapers, art galleries, anything that shows and presents photography or a visual work. What can you learn from them? Quote number three, the person who doesn't make mistakes is unlikely to make anything. Sometimes when we make a mistake with a roll of film or a camera, we do have an inclination to beat ourselves up, whether it be ruining the role in the development, dropping a camera, or having an entire roll of film with bad exposures or missed focus. But failure is part of photography, just as it's part of life. Here's an interesting reminder. Scientists fail all the time. They call their failures experiments, and they're allowed to fail multiple times before success. Next time you have a disappointing set of images, take a close look at them. What worked? What didn't work? What can you do better next time? Quote number four, do not seek praise, seek criticism. How often do we post our photos to Instagram and Facebook, hoping to receive an avalanche of likes and comments? It's natural to do this, something that the social media companies have exploited with the design of their platforms but it doesn't encourage the most useful kind of feedback, constructive criticism. The real value is by asking others how you can make something better. Maybe you could ask a photography friend for an honest opinion of your portfolio. Ask them to be brutally honest about your strengths and what you could improve. It might surprise you and it might just make you a better photographer. Quote number five, if you get stuck, draw with a different pen. As an advertising man, Arden meant this point literally. Instead of using felt-tip pens for layouts, he tells the tale in the book of when he used watercolours for a layout and the clients were so impressed they increased their advertising budget significantly. Change your tools, it may free your thinking, says Arden, and that point can be made with photographers too who are in a rut. So how can photographers draw with a different pen? quite easily. If you shoot with large format equipment, why not get out there with a tiny format that you've never shot before like 110 or APS? If you like point and shoots, why not pick up an Instax Mini and give that a go? 
And if you like classic lenses on old manual SLRs or rangefinders, why not seed all of the controls and pick up a plastic toy camera or a disposable? It may just free your thinking. Quote number six, don't be afraid of silly ideas. Continuing on the mental block path, the way to get unblocked, says Arden, is by losing our inhibitions and stop worrying about being right. Arden suggests two tricks to get rid of creative blockages. The first is to do the exact opposite of what the situation requires. Maybe that means shooting sports with a TLR or shooting portraits with a pinhole. The second is to look out the window and whatever catches your eye, make that the solution to your problem. Quote number seven, give away everything you know and more will come back to you. Ideas are open knowledge, says Arden. Don't claim ownership. Do you have an idea on how to do something or how to solve a problem? Tell people. Arden says that if you give away everything you know, it forces you to replenish and look for new things. What does this mean for photographers? It means share your knowledge. Get together with your community and talk about what you do. Be generous and helpful to others. Generally, I think this is something that we do pretty well in the photography community, though of course there's always room for improvement. How could you make more of a difference with the knowledge you have? Quote number eight, don't look for the next opportunity. The one you have in hand is the opportunity. Arden has some good advice. Whatever is on your desk right now, that's the one. Make it the best you possibly can. The same thing goes for photography. I know that I've been guilty of finishing off a roll in a camera that I don't particularly like just to get it out of the way. Certainly that's what I used to do with my test rolls when I was testing a camera. I'd take loads of photos of the dog in the backyard and loads of the local beaches and lighthouses. And looking back now, I have a lot of photos of my dog in the backyard. In the last few months, I've taken a completely different approach with test rolls on cameras that I want to sell. I always like to film test them so that when I, when I sell it on to someone else, I'm confident that the camera works fine. I used to, like I said, I used to just go around the local area and take the same old photos in the same old places. Now I make a special effort to drive to different places around Brisbane that I haven't been to before with the sole purpose of exploring and taking cool images on these test rolls. So when the images come back from the lab, I'm pretty confident now that the cameras work fine, but I'm also building up a whole load of nice images from these different cameras and from these color negative stocks that I'm using. And I'm actually have, I actually have plans to create standalone reviews about with these cameras and also had create some film stock pages on my website so it's sort of like uh, it's sort of becoming a part of my 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 workflow now in terms of what I'm doing these test rolls I'm trying to make the images with those test rolls the very best that I can make them and of course, if uh, one of the test rolls doesn't come out for whatever reason, I'm usually taking, like I said, five or six cameras in my backpack and I'm taking similar photos with each one. Uh, so I usually have that scene, if I find something really cool, I have that scene covered one way or another. Quote number nine, and one of my favorite ones, you are the magic. In the book, Arden explains that you shouldn't hand your work over to a supplier hoping they will produce the magic for you. Rather, you are the magic. The same could be said about photography. Don't expect a film or a camera or a lab or a location to bring the magic by itself. 
I've seen some pretty ordinary photos taken on some very expensive cameras, and I've seen some extraordinary photos taken on cameras that most people wouldn't touch with a barge pole. Just recently, I took some really lovely images in Brisbane with a Canon point and shoot. It's the AF7-8, the newer version of that camera. Uh, it's a cheap plastic point and shoot, and I used the cheapest stock I had, Kodak Pro Image 100. The images that came out of it were really lovely, and I was really impressed. It's a funny thing, if you told me that I took the same images on my big mini on my Fujifilm Class S, I probably wouldn't have batted an eyelid. But there you go, a, a camera that I was only really shooting with to sell, and I got some really lovely images out of it. So that's just a, a reminder, you know, that it, you're working in combination with all of these things to produce the magic. Don't expect an expensive camera or an, or an expensive film or a lab or a location to do it all for you. There you go. So that's it for my latest episode. Episode 40, You Are The Magic. What an advertising legend can teach photographers. And of course, the nine quotes that I talked about today are all from the book by Paul Arden. It's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. It's a very short book. Um, it's quite like, sort of like a pocket-sized book. It's really fun and I would definitely recommend buying it. If you did want to help out the show, uh, if you want to buy the book and you want to help the show out, you can head along to Matt Loves Camera. I have a summary of all the main points I've touched on and my interpretation of them uh, with regards to being a photographer and uh, at the top and right at the bottom of those, uh, those notes and quotes and stuff like that. There is a link to buy the book on Amazon. Uh, it's around 10 US dollars. And of course, that's an affiliate link. So if you did buy anything through the link, it would, it would send a very small commission my way. And I'd be uh, very much appreciative of that. Another way that you could help the show out is by going onto the website, mattlovescameras.com. And um, if you click on any page or any sort of camera review, you will see some ads on the right-hand side of most pages. Not the home page, but most other pages. And if, uh, you know, you clicked on a couple ads here and there, you would be definitely doing your bit to help the show out and uh, get some uh, some ad revenue there to help pay for things like the website hosting and the uh, podcast hosting as well. Now in the podcast today, I did talk about very plain, very simple cameras uh, capturing, creating extraordinary images, which is a fantastic segue to something I want to tell you about. So a little while ago, I'd heard of this thing called the Somerville Toy Camera Festival. It takes place in Somerville, which I believe is a suburb of Boston in Massachusetts. That's very hard to say. Um, so there you go. Uh, the Somerville Toy Camera Festival. So if you head along to their website, it's Somerville, that's Somerville, S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E, toycamera.org. And there's a lovely little website there about the, the camera festival. And usually it's in September every year, I believe. But this year, because of COVID, they've done an online uh, exhibition only. Now, I did see, I've actually heard of this about a year ago, and I sort of kept a mental note to keep looking back at their Facebook page and their website. 
And I did manage to see that they were calling for entries. I think, uh, I don't know, it's September, September, October time. So I sent in five entries and I was, I was lucky enough to get one of my entries featured in the online gallery. So on that homepage of their website, somervilletoycamera.org, there are three galleries chosen by the three judges. There's the Nordstrom Gallery, the Jones Gallery, and the Franson Gallery. And I'd really recommend uh, if, you know, if, you, if, if you've never used a toy camera before, or maybe if you have used a toy camera before, get along and have a look at these images. Some of them are just extraordinary. Uh, you know, just very dreamy, very lo-fi, um, just amazing kind of looking images. And um, they're very, very talented people on here, and, and me as well. I'm actually, I actually got chosen in the Franson Gallery so if you go halfway down the page or maybe a bit over halfway down the page, my image of my local skate park that I took for Matt Loves Panos uh, with the Ansco pics on Agfa Vista plus 400 film uh, is there. So there you go. My image of the skate park uh, is, is part of the part of the Franson Gallery. So I'm very, very humbled to have one of my images chosen. Uh, I, as I said, the, the, the company I'm keeping in these galleries is just amazing. And uh, so, yeah, check these out. If you click on each image, it tells you who the artist is and what their website address is and some more information on how they created the images. And there's just some, I'm sort of looking at some of these thinking, how the hell did I get picked? Because some of these are just uh, extraordinary, um, the, the way they've been shot or the way they've yeah come together. So I'm very, very impressed. Uh, and I think for next year, I'll definitely be sending some entries in next year as well. But I think I've got to up my game a lot next year. So that's the Somerville Toy Camera Festival. Now, that's another very good segue because I just mentioned Matt Loves Panos, which was one of the contests we ran earlier in the year. So the big news with Matt Loves Panos and also with Sproctastic is that the zines are almost complete. So about a week ago on Instagram and also through email, I let uh, everyone who follows me on Instagram know that there was a pre-sale going on for the, the Matt Loves Panos uh, competition zine, which is called Pantastic and also the Sproctastic competition zine, which is called Sproctastic. So I put them on pre-sale. I wanted to sort of gauge uh, how keen people were to get their hands on the zine. So I thought the best way is to put it up on pre-sale and I get everyone's orders and then I'll know how many to, 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 to buy from the, the printer. I didn't want to order 10 or 15 and then all of a sudden I, I could be left with a lot of them if no one wanted any or I could sell out straight away and I'd have to order some more. So doing a pre-sale was a really good idea, I think. Uh, I sort of copied from other people, of course. Uh, but now I've got a really good gauge of how many I need to order. I think I've had like 45 or 46 zine pre-orders across both zines. I think Pantastic uh, has slightly more pre-orders than Sproctastic. Uh, I think m most people seem to have bought both zines, even if they only took part in Sproctastic. Uh, but there's quite a few people who bought just bought Pantastic. So um, I'm really looking forward to getting them um, sent off to the printer and published, probably sending them off uh, tomorrow or maybe very early Monday morning, and they'll be sent in the post before the end of November 2020. Now, hopefully... Uh, they will arrive, if there's a Christmas miracle, they will arrive before Christmas 2020, but I'd say a more realistic date is January 2021. 
So if you did miss the Instagram post and the Instagram stories where I was talking about the pre-sale, uh, I also did send an email, by the way, to everyone who took part in the competitions because I had their email addresses. Uh, but if you did miss it, you can still go along and do a pre-order. Go along to mattlovescameras.com. And I think it's the second uh, sort of story or second blog or second article down on the website at the moment. And it's called, it's called Sproctastic Plus Pantastic Film Photography Zines. So there you go. That's what it's called. You can still get your pre-order in. Uh, I'll probably be ordering them in about ooh, 36 hours time. So if there are any more pre-orders, get them in very quickly. I'll order a few extra copies of each scene, but probably only, I don't know, five or six extra ones. Obviously, I want one to keep for myself. Uh, I've got to send a Sproctastic one to Roxana Angles. I'll also be sending a Pantastic one to Mr. Matthew Joseph, who helped out with the judging of Matt Loves Panos. And I'll keep a few extra on hand. And, um, you know, if I can't get rid of them, I can't sell them. I'll, the the uh, Emulsive Secret Santa <laughs> people who are matched with me in future years will be getting these. If you would like to support this podcast, why not buy our dad a coffee? Visit coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras. And buy him a coffee for just $3. So a couple of things I've mentioned on this show today already. One is my daughter's theatre show. And the other one is the test rolls I've been doing in these cameras. And they're actually linked, would you believe? So my daughter has theatre and singing and dance practice on a Friday night. It goes for about four hours and it's half an hour away from where we live. So by the time you drive there and drive back, it's like an hour round trip. And then you've got to go back for another one hour round trip later on. So early in the piece, I thought, well, this is a bit silly. I'm just going to take a whole lot of cameras and stay out the whole time and, and force myself to go take photos. So a lot of the images you've seen in recent shows with the sprocket rocket and things like that were on those Friday nights uh, when I was staying out. Uh, waiting for my daughter and of course also we had the episode with Alistair Dougal uh, in in the dark room with Alistair D uh, a few episodes ago that was on a Friday night and uh, a couple of weeks ago I actually uh, went to see Alistair again and we got the ferry across the Brisbane River and had a very enjoyable afternoon Uh, we took the ferry across to the Tenerife Newstead area of Brisbane and walked around and took photos Uh, Alistair made me walk up a massive hill uh, uh, he walks a lot and uh, yeah it was it was a pretty steep hill Brisbane has a lot of hills in uh, but it was a really enjoyable evening so thanks to us there for that and um, yeah so I, I had 10 rolls of film um, last Tuesday that I express posted down to Melbourne down to Ikigai Film Lab and on I think they arrived on Wednesday but then by Friday morning I had all my scans back so uh, I was very very happy uh, fantastic service from Ikigai to to get those scans back so quickly and uh, I had 10 rolls of film in my uh, my Dropbox to have a look at and they were all pretty good I, I really loved looking through the films so all of these are going to come up on future shows but I'll tell you what I have been f- uh, shooting with I've shot with an Olympus AF-10 with Kodak Ultramax and some of those those colors from the Ultramax that uh, Ikigai, uh, Peter Dennett Ikigai gets on his scanner. Wow, just, just incredible um, scans, beautiful scans. I also shot Ultramax 400 on a Canon Sure Shot Supreme with that fast f2.8 lens. I shot with a, a little Nikon gold point and shoot. It's one of the 130 uh, zoom uh, cameras, quite a nice little camera. Uh, probably going to sell that one because uh, it's, it's very nice, but I'm not sure I want to keep that one. 
I shot with two of the 80s Canon Shaw shots, um, a multi-tele, which is the half frame one, and also the Canon Shaw shot tele, which has two different prime lenses. And it also has a multi-exposure button on it. So you can take multi-exposures with a Canon sure shot point and shoot. How cool is that? I'll definitely be doing a review of that camera coming up very soon. I also had an Olympus uh, Mu2 Zoom 80, which was a disaster because uh, 22 out of 24 images in the roll had the dreaded Mu Zoom light leak. I've had this Mu Zoom light leak before. This camera, though, was the worst I've ever seen. Just the images are ruined pretty much. Uh, they're not in any way cool light leaks, sadly, the Mu Zoom light leaks. Uh, I also shot a roll, uh, well, I finished a roll on my Fujifilm Class S, the double film Bubblegum. And uh, yeah, I was really underwhelmed um, by the images from that. Uh, there are some nice images in the Dropbox on, on that roll, but the Bubblegum effect, it, it's barely noticeable on the vast majority of images. It's really quite strange. And if you'd asked me, I wouldn't have even noticed that there was an effect on the film at all. Uh, and it was shot at the correct speed. Uh, it wasn't overexposed or anything. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a mystery that um, I did actually read another review of Double Film Bubblegum that the effect was quite underwhelming. And I think uh, mine was the same. I also shot uh, the last three rolls with three rolls on a Contax G1 that I picked up at a very, very good price, probably around half the, the, the market price. Uh, and it has a planar 45mm lens on. So I bought this camera. Uh, I told the missus I was buying it uh, to test out and flip and make a little bit of money on uh, because, you know, being unemployed, I need to make a bit of money here and there. And uh, of course, the, the danger is that when you do that, <laughs> that you kind of fall in love with the camera and then you don't want to sell it. Uh, so I haven't really told my wife yet that I really like the camera and, uh, you know, I might keep it. Um, I, I don't know. I might I might still flip it because uh, I do need to somehow get some money back that, that I invested in the camera. But the camera is working really well and it's it's great. Uh, so that, that's fantastic. Now, with the test rolls for the Contax G1, I was just mainly concerned that all the apertures were okay and the shutter speeds were fine and all that kind of stuff. Because, of course, I did have a G2 last year. That was a bit of a disaster. Uh, but no, it, I got all the rolls back and they all look great. The only problem is on a few of the images where I'm shooting wide open or, or close to wide open, uh, the focus, uh, I didn't nail the focus. Um, so I, I think that was actually my fault. Um, but you never know. I was chatting to Alistair about this and I said that, you know, I've missed focus a few times. And Alistair's response was, the contacts has a reputation for being bang on the nail for focus. But sadly, you are never sure which nail it has decided to favor. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not sure it was the contacts' fault with the focus. I, th I think uh, for those roles are probably, probably my fault. Just getting, I was very keen to shoot the roles and, and see what they were like. And uh, yeah, so next time I, I take a roll with it, I'll, I'll see how it goes with the focus when shooting wide open. But again, uh, you know, the, most of these cameras I'm talking about, uh, with the exception of my Fujifilm Class S, of course, I'm probably going to sell on, uh, but I did want to film test them first. Uh, unfortunately, here in Australia, probably probably happening all over the world, but there's a lot of people selling film cameras uh, and they're asking, I don't know, I, I would say in, in many many situations they're asking two to three times the market rate for cameras and they haven't even film tested them which you know personally i think is disgraceful i, I you know if you're going to ask a premium for these cameras 
uh, at least you, you know invest some time and money into them and make sure they're they're working okay with film you know film tested not just battery tested uh, so I don't know uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a sad situation a, a few times when I have sold point and shoots uh, for quite reasonable money I've had quite a lot of young people message me about them mostly people I'd say probably between I don't know 18 uh, to 24 uh, and mostly uh, ladies are messaging me about the point and shoots um, so yeah people are, seem very keen to to grab a film camera they don't actually a lot of in a lot of cases they don't actually know a lot about them so quite often when I've sold a camera I've given the person a, a little tutorial uh, whether it's an instax or a point and shoot I've been showing them you know where the batteries go how the film goes in all that kind of stuff and uh, I think they're quite sort of happy that I've done that uh, because quite often the young people I've met uh, want a film camera but they really don't know much about them at all all they know is they, they want to shoot film so yeah it's great to see that so many people want to shoot film and uh, yeah trying to trying to pass a little bit of knowledge on uh, in the sale process as well Now, just one thing before I go, I'd love to hear from you about a certain topic. And the topic is, what is the stupidest question that you have asked someone uh, regarding photography? So let me tell you a little story. A couple of months ago, uh, for my Pentax 645N2, I bought an autofocus lens. And uh, I looked great on the eBay listing. I bid on it. It went for like, I don't know, I think it was like 120 Australian dollars, which is maybe 80 or 90 US dollars. It was a great price that included postage, uh, shipping. It, it arrived a few days later. Great service from the seller. I mounted it on my Pentax 645. Uh, 645 N2 and I couldn't get it to autofocus and I'm looking on the lens thinking is there an autofocus manual focus switch I'm looking on the camera thinking is there something on the camera I need to do Uh, it just would not autofocus it was the weirdest thing so I messaged the seller and said look g'day mate you know this lens is great beautiful condition described lovely it arrived really quickly there's one thing though I don't know how to turn on the autofocus what am I doing wrong and he replied, <laughs> and I felt like such an idiot. He replied and said, uh, thanks, mate. Uh, it's actually a clutch lens. So you just pull down on the barrel, and that's how you move it into autofocus mode. And, of course, then I pulled down on the lens, and, of course, it, that clutch moves it from manual to autofocus. And I felt like such an idiot. I've actually got a couple of clutch lenses. Uh, the Fujifilm X system has a couple. I think the, the 16 and the 23 from memory. Uh, but I felt like such an idiot. Uh, how could I not know that? Uh, so I want to hear from you. What is the stupidest question? Even with years of experience in photography, what is the stupidest question that you've asked <laughs> about photography? I'd love to hear from you. You can message me on Instagram, Matt Loves Cameras, or you can email mattlovescameras at gmail.com. You can send me a voice message on Instagram or email me one or just a little message or emails, fine. I'd love to hear from you uh, to make me feel a little bit better about being such an idiot. That's it for this episode. A very short 40th episode of Matt Loves Cameras. But don't worry, I have three other episodes I'm working on in the background. And I'm hoping that before November is out, there will be another episode of Matt Loves Cameras coming your way. Take care. Cheerio. Bye-bye.
employees in a Creative Commons license. The end by Cassie. Soundcloud.com forward slash Cassie NMZ. Check the show notes for the link.